0: Another episode, another week of scriptures revealed, and we are literally having the scriptures revealed to us, open up to us. It's almost like walking with Jesus on the road to Amaze, on the road to Emmaus with the disciples in the uh, Gospels, where it talks about that after Jesus rose from the dead, and they were in a a time of grief. And they were in a time of great uh, sorrow because Jesus had died. The Bible says that on the road to Emmaus, Jesus walked with these disciples and he opened their mind to the scriptures. And the Bible says that once they got to where they were going, they said, did not our hearts burn within us as he Open the scriptures to us or reveal the scriptures to us. And I'm telling you that is indeed my prayer for myself. It is my prayer for those who are listening that our hearts will burn within us as we allow the scriptures to be revealed to us and transform us and revolutionize our life. That something new will be birthed on the inside of us because of the revelation we glean from the scriptures. So I am so excited that you all are on this journey with me and allowing the word of the Lord to do what it does best, and that is transform lives. And I'm so excited about that. And if the word of the Lord through this podcast is transforming your life, it is renewing your mind, it is causing your soul to be Formed into the image of Jesus Christ then please share this with uh, your friends, your family your followers, your network. Don't forget to share this podcast with them. Don't forget to leave reviews on iTunes about how this is blessing you I greatly appreciate all of you that have done so thus far it has been a tremendous blessing to me first of all and I know it is blessing others and encouraging them to listen and allow the word of God to change and transform their lives. So I'm reminding you all don't forget to share it. Don't forget to leave your reviews. Don't forget to rate it on iTunes so that other people's lives can be altered and transformed and converted into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, we're going to jump right back into the scriptures. Last week, uh, we covered verse, uh, I believe it was 15 and 16. And some of 17, actually, we're going to pick up in verse 17, and we're going to cover verses 17 and 18 today. But we began to journey through the scriptures in Ephesians, and we we talked about how last week that uh, God went to give us, or Paul, God used the apostle Paul to pray a prayer about the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, or in the realm of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, or in the Jesus realm. And we discovered that That in all actuality, all of us that are in search or in seek of things, what we need to be searching is the one who is the giver of all good gifts. And so what we need is not healing. We need the healer. And what we need is not deliverance. What we need is the deliverer. And if we would get the deliverer and the healer and the provider and the protector and the refuge, if we would come into a revelation of who that is, then we wouldn't have to worry about healing or deliverance or provision or protection because we would have firsthand contact knowledge of Jesus in the Jesus realm, in the realm of all things Jesus Christ. And so we embarked on that, and we are going to continue that journey uh, today into the Jesus realm, but from a different angle, we're going to go into what Paul begins to pray for the saints in Ephesus. Now, one of the beautiful things about the the scriptures and the writings of Paul is that we get insight into the very prayer life of Paul. Now, it is an amazing thing because what I think about prayer, and oftentimes whenever I pray, when I uh read the Apostle Paul's prayers, even when I'm le- listening to my own leader's prayers or anybody's prayers, I'm always conscious of the fact that anybody that is a really sincere prayer believes that God hears and God answers. That was something Jesus said in the gospel of John chapter 11, when he got to the tomb of Lazarus and he began to pray before he performed that miracle. The Bible says that Jesus said, you know, God, I'm praying this, but I'm praying this in front of them because I want them to know that you hear me. And if you hear me, I know you answer. And so that is one of the beautiful things about prayer is that we don't do prayers or we don't participate in prayer because it is our religious duty or it is the Christian thing to do or it is a, a moral thing to do or everybody's doing it so we do it. No, prayer is something that I do because I know God hears and I know God answers and that I'm not going to go into prayer and come out unless I know he, uh, unless I know that he has heard me and if I can be convinced of that because even uh, the Apostle John says that in the 1st Done. He says, I know that if I can get God to hear me, I can get God to answer me and, and and to know that God's ear is not deaf concerning me. And so when I look at the prayer of the apostle Paul, I get excited to know that this was not something Paul did to kill time. And this is, was, not, was not something that Paul did because he had nothing else to do. Paul went into prayer and Paul did not come out of prayer until he was convinced that God had heard him and that God was going to. answer him. So in light of that, when I'm looking at this prayer that Paul prayed, I'm going to pay very close attention to what he prayed, what he asked God for, knowing that Paul was fully convinced by the the end of this prayer that God had heard me and that God had responded to my prayer. So let's jump right in into the prayer. We're going to pick up in verse 16, just for verse 16's sake. Actually, let's back up to verse 15, where we covered last week, just so we have a background on where we're going. Verse 15 says, wherefore, this is out of King James again, wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention, mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, parking here again, real briefly for you, is that something that I want you to pay attention to in verse 17. It says, uh, verse 16 says, he doesn't cease to give thanks for them, making mention of them in their prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give May give. I want you to pay attention to that word may give unto you. May give unto you. It's very interesting because a lot of times our words get inserted into our English translations that were not there in the original languages. And sometimes words like may or or, or stuff like that are not actually there. But in this case, the word may is there in the Greek language. May give, which means this prayer has a condition. I want you to pay attention to that. That this prayer has a condition. That the, that the benefit of this prayer is the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation in the realm of Jesus Christ in the realm of all things Jesus but the condition on this prayer is we find in verse 15 is that he heard of their faith in the Lord Jesus and their love unto all the saints so what Paul was praying here is that I'm praying that the father of glory would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation why because of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints now last week we covered that we covered that whenever you if you have true faith it's going to manifest in a love declaration I'm not going to walk through that again you can listen to last week's episode to get more clarity on that but what I want us to pay attention to is the fact that this prayer has conditions and I know people that have taken this prayer out of context and and prayed it and prayed it and, and prayed for wisdom and prayed for revelation. But wisdom and revelation belongs to those who are believers, those who have faith in Lord Jesus. So it belongs to those who have faith and it belongs to those who walk in love. It belongs to those who have faith and it belongs to those who walk in love, which is why Paul's talked about his throwing in the flesh was in a messenger of Satan to buffet his body because of what the many revelations he had, because we've got to stay in humility. You know, walking in love it, it is a very humble thing to do. And so when you're going to move in great wisdom, and you're going to move in great revelation, then you got to walk in faith and love. All right. I just wanted to reemphasize that as we look further ahead into this verse. So Paul says, as, as that, that's that is the condition. In other words, that is the condition that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, And revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, what I want us to pay pay attention to also that we didn't touch on last week is about the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I want us to to take a look real quickly at this spirit of wisdom and revelation, the spirit of wisdom. I want us to go over to first Corinthians. Hold your finger there. We're going to go over to first Corinthians chapter two. First Corinthians chapter two. And we're going to start with verse 1. We're going to take our time to unfold some things here because I want you to see it. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I want you all to pay attention to that. Paul said, When I came to you all, I didn't... I didn't want to know anything... Save Jesus Christ that that's that in the knowledge of him. I didn't want to know anything but the Jesus realm. In other words, is what he's saying and him crucified verse three. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now we're headed somewhere. So, so keep tracking with me. Verse six. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Now watch this, keep, keep tracking. Which none of the princes, or you say, this is a lot of scripture. Well, this is scriptures revealed. (laughs) Verse eight, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Watch this. We get into the spirit of wisdom and revelation here. Verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. We're seeing the spirit of wisdom and revelation unfolded here we're seeing we're, the whole context of what Paul is talking about in these verses is the wisdom of God or the hidden wisdom is what he calls it and the way the hidden wisdom is revealed so that's why the spirit of wisdom and revelation goes together because in order to get the spirit of wisdom you need the spirit of revelation to unveil what the spirit of wisdom has to offer Am I, does that make sense to you so let's keep reading. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit search all things. This is what I'm trying to get to. Yea, the deep things of God. So what is this? The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now we can go back over to Ephesians one. It says that the father of glory may get may give you may give you. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. What is Paul praying? I'm praying that the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the spirit of God will unveil something something to you. And what is he unveiling? He's unveiling the hidden wisdom. And what is this hidden wisdom called? The hidden wisdom is a part of the depths of God. The depths of God, the spirit of God wants to reveal to you the depths of God. Now, when you look at that word in the Greek, what it actually means in first Corinthians, when it talks about the depths of God, we're talking about the depth of God's intellect. The depth of God's intellect. So what is Paul praying? Paul is praying that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Watch this because Jesus in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God and then the Word became flesh. And what is the Word? It is the logos or the logic of God. The logic of God. Jesus is the manifested logic of God. So what am I saying? The depths of God is the depth of the intellect or the logic of God. We are again seeing that the, the depths of God are revealed in Jesus. It gets no deeper than Jesus. <laughs> I want you to, that, that to soak in. People say, Oh, I want deep revelation, I want deep wisdom, I want deep insights. It gets no deeper than Jesus. If you want to go deeper in God, you've got to go deeper in Jesus. If you want to have uh, the hidden wisdom, you need to go deeper into Jesus. If you want to have secret mysteries and insights and, and, and revelations and, and and just things disclosed to you from the realm of eternity, what you're asking for is for a deeper journey into the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So that's what he's saying. He says that give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Watch, watch what happens. So he's saying if you get the spirit of wisdom and you get the spirit of revelation, it's going to take you deeper into Jesus. So any revelation that does not take you deeper into Jesus, does not make you fall more in love with Jesus, does not make you live more surrendered to Jesus, is probably not a revelation of from God is not a revelation of God and it's not a revelation from God And, and it's not even probably it's not so that is how you verify validate and authenticate all revelations from the spirit world you're going to know if it comes from God if it takes you deeper into Jesus I mean that is one litmus test to have So somebody come and say, oh, I've got some new great revelation. Does it take me deeper into Jesus? Oh, i got some new revelation and new insights into the scriptures. Does it take me deeper into Jesus? Oh, God has opened up a new way. And this thing is just a behold, I do a new thing. And God has just given me. Does it take me deeper into Jesus? Because if it's not taking me deeper into Jesus, then it's not taking me deeper into God. And therefore, it didn't come from God. Because that's what the spirit of wisdom and revelation is going to do. It's always going to take me deeper. It's going to take me higher. It's going to take me wider. It's going to give me the dimensional size of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything outside of Jesus is outside of God. All right. That's, that's that's as plain and simple as it can make it. But watch this. He says, as a result of this spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of it, what's going to happen is, is that the eyes of your understanding are going to be enlightened about three things. Now. We're only going to have time to cover two of the three things today. And then next week, I know you can hardly believe it, but next week we're going to close out chapter one of Ephesians and and finally conclude that. And then starting June, we're going to move into chapter two of Ephesians. So next week we'll close out Ephesians chapter one. We'll learn what that third thing is, and then we will learn some interesting things about The body of Christ that will begin to unfold. So that's going to be next week. You're going to love it. So don't miss next week. But this week, we're going to cover the two, the first two things that happen when the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation begins to uh, manifest in your life. It's going to number one, take you into the depths of Jesus Christ because going deeper into Jesus takes you deeper into the mind of God. It takes you, it takes you deeper into the logic and the intellect of God. That's what it's going to do. But what happens is, is that the eyes of your understanding gets enlightened. The interesting thing about that phrase is I began to research it and, 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 and try to cross reference it and try to break it apart and, and break it down in its original language is that interesting enough, the eyes of your understanding, that phrase in the Greek is not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. It is a very, very unique, unique phrase. Also, put a pen in that just as a fun tidbit for you all. But he says here that the eyes of your understanding, not mentioned anywhere else, but we're talking about the, in the original Greek, it calls it the viewers of the mind. The viewers of the mind. In other words, the way you perceive things. That's what's going to happen. So when you go deeper into Jesus and therefore you're going deeper into the logic and the intellect of God, the way you see things Is going to change. That is the the benefit of revelation. Is that when I get revelation. The way I see a thing is going to change. Okay. The way I see a thing is going to change. So if my perception has not changed. Then I didn't get it revelation. I may have gotten information. I may have gotten information from the spirit realm, but I did not get revelation from God unless it changes my perception. So it's the viewers of the mind or the perception, your perception, the viewers of the mind will be enlightened that ye may know. That word no there is almost like if you're having a conversation with somebody and they're trying to explain something to you uh, that you don't quite understand and they keep explaining and keep using uh, similes and metaphors and analogies. Eventually, you're going to say, oh, okay, I can see that that phrase that we use. Oh, I can see that is what that word no means in this verse. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened so that you can say oh, I can see that. Oh, I can see that. And what are you going to say that about? Number one, you're going to say that about what is the hope of his calling. So what is the spirit of what Paul is praying that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will enlighten you, will change your perception about the hope of God's calling or the, yeah, the hope of God's Calling you. Now, we're about to learn something phenomenal right now. The hope of his calling. What does God want you to see about that? What is the purpose? In other words, you just hear my Bible pages turning because this I'm, I'm almost running out of time and I want to get through this. But Paul is saying, "I want you all to know what is the hope of his calling. Why did God call you? You were you. We're going to learn in chapter two that you were dead in your own sins. You were a sinner. You were an enemy of God. You were on your way to hell. But God called you. You were devoted to Satan. But God called you. There were things that you were bound by because of your bloodline, and yet God called you into salvation. Do you have not get how?" merciful and full of grace that is that God called you to be saved that is an entire calling you have been called by God to be born again and to be regenerated, and to be justified, and to be sanctified, and to be redeemed. You have been called by God, but but what Paul wants us, is praying for us, is that not that we don't, we just realize that we're called, but why did God call us? It's going to bless you. Let's look at First Thessalonians chapter 2, chapter 2, and look at verse 11, and it says, as you know, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye should walk worthy of God who hath called you. What did he call you into? Unto his kingdom and glory. Watch this. So what is the hope of his calling? He called you unto his kingdom and his glory. Let's look at another scripture. Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter two. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, look at verse 13. It says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel, to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, He called you by our gospel to salvation. You were called to salvation. And what was the purpose here? The purpose of the call is the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. One more scripture to kind of tie that in for you. That's going to tie that in for you. So look at, look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 26 says even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints to whom god would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the gentiles which is christ in you the hope of glory whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus or perfect in the nation of Jesus Christ. We learned that. So watch this again. We're talking about the spirit of wisdom and revelation when it enlighten our perception, and enlighten our minds about the hope of his calling and the hope of your calling is Christ in you, the hope of glory or obtaining the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, obtaining the glory of God. So the whole reason, the whole reason why God called you to salvation is that God had a hope. Jesus Christ had a hope. He had an expectation. He had an anticipation of you showcasing the glory of God on the earth. That's why Paul said in Romans that the whole earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God, because the whole reason you were born again was not so just so that you could be ready to ship out of here, but it was so you could manifest the glory of God on the earth. Being saved is not insurance or it's not just insurance to get out of hell and it's not just an access card to get into heaven the whole purpose of salvation was so that the earth would see the glory of God on the earth again because of the the fall of man and because of what Adam did the glory was robbed from the earth glory was robbed from creation glory was robbed from the the firmament and the heavens and so the glory was robbed and so what God is trying to do is restore his glory back on the earth. He's restoring his His glory, his brightness, his radiance, his dignity, his majesty on the earth and he wants to do it through you. That is the hope of for why he has called you. The expectation he has attached to your whole salvation walk. Why does God want you to work out your salvation? Why does he want you to pray and to fast and to crucify your flesh and to put that stuff on the altar and to put off the old man and to put on the new man? Why does he want you want you to believe him and to walk in faith? Why does he want you to walk in love? Is because he's trying to reveal his glory through you. He's trying to reveal it through you. Now Now watch this, go back over to Ephesians chapter 1, because you're going to learn this, that it says... Uh, not only to know the hope of his calling, but what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He says, I don't just want you to know. I don't want you to say, oh, I can see that. I can see God trying to get glory through me. He's trying not just out of me. He's trying to get glory through me now, but I want you to not only see that I want you to see about the riches or the wealth that is attached to that inheritance that I have in you. There is a life of riches and a life of abundance and a life of no lack attached to the fact that you're called to be a distribution center of the glory of God God wants you to be to be one that distributes his glory wherever you go wherever you go glory of that's why the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich It makes one rich. What's the blessing of the Lord? The blessing of the Lord is to be a citizen of the nation of Jesus Christ. To be a child of God. To be a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. And to be an heir of God. And let that glory exude through you. That's why the Bible says in Romans. That whom he uh, foreknew he predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. When Jesus walked the planet. The Bible says that Jesus constantly said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you hear my judgments and know that they aren't mine, they come from God. You see the works that I do, I only do what I see my Father do. So therefore, my works are really the works of the Father. And my thoughts are really the thoughts of the Father. And my ways are really the ways of the Father. And then Apostle John tells us in First John that as he is, First John chapter 4, verse 17, that as he is, so are we in this world. You are called just like Jesus was called. And the whole hope of God was that as Jesus walked the planet, somebody would see the father. They would encounter the father. They would learn of the father. They would experience the father. When they see a Christian, this is the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then when they see a Christian, when they see a believer, when they see a follower of the way, when they see a citizen of the nation of Jesus Christ, that they won't just encounter you, but they will encounter the glory of God. They will encounter Jesus. When somebody sees me and hear me talk, they should hear the words of Jesus. They should know what Jesus thinks because they know what I think. They should know how Jesus would respond because they watch my responses. He says that's the whole hope of your calling. And the riches attached attached to it is beyond anything you could ever imagine. That's why Paul said, I pray that God will meet all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Which means needs are met. There is no lack when you are manifest. Manifesting and distributing the glory of God. It is truly like God promised the Israelites in the Old Testament that they were going to inherit a land flowing with milk and honey. God has called you to live a life in a land flowing with milk and honey. It is full of wealth, it is full of riches, it is full of abundance, it is full of glory. It is joy unspeakable, full of glory. It is His indescribable gift. That is what God, Paul wanted you to get the spirit of wisdom and revelation to see. He wanted you to get the, get revelation and to get wisdom and to get insight so that you could see that you have been called to showcase Jesus Christ on the earth. So has he called you to heal? Yes, because that's what Jesus did. And you are called to do what Jesus did. So did Jesus heal the sick? Well, then I'm going to heal the sick. Did Jesus cleanse the lepers? Well, I'm going to cleanse the lepers. Did Jesus raise the dead? Then I'm going to raise the dead. Did Jesus teach? Then I'm going to teach. Did Jesus preach? Then I'm going to preach. Did Jesus cast out devils? Then I'm going to cast out devils. Did Jesus worry about how he was going to pay his taxes? No, so I'm not going to worry about how I'm going to pay my taxes. Did Jesus walk in wisdom? Yes, so I'm going to walk in wisdom. Did Jesus walk in faith? Yes. So I'm going to walk in favor because I've been called to be as he is. So am I in this world. So now I got a whole new approach to studying the Bible. I got a whole new approach to fasting, a whole new approach to prayer, a whole new approach to spending time in his presence and worshiping him. I'm doing these things not to check something off of my Christian to do list, but I'm doing these things so that I can manifest more glory. I can manifest more glory. I want more flesh to die so that more glory can shine through me. More glory can shine through me because the more glory that shines through me, the more people will see Jesus walk the planet again. Well, guys, again, I am out of time and I knew I wouldn't get to the third thing about what the spirit of wisdom and revelation does for reveals to us. But you do not want to miss next week. It is definitely going to bless you. So, again, go back and listen to this uh, podcast episode again. Let it light your fire and let you begin to get a peek into what the hope of his calling, the hope and the riches of his calling. The hope and the riches of his calling. It is full of wealth. It is full of abundance. It is full of everything you could ever, ever think and imagine. God is amazing and he wants you to reveal his amazingness, (laughs) if that's even a word, but he wants you to reveal it. So don't forget to share. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to leave your reviews because it is your way of testifying to how this is truly blessing you and it's encouraging to me and it's also a to somebody else to attract them and draw them and let their lives be changed and transformed by the word of the Lord. I'll see you all next week as we continue to allow the scriptures to be revealed to us. See you all.